We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Welcome back to the Morning Grind. Once again, this is Dean filling in for Stevie TPFL, who's crushing those NASCAR streets. Uh, once again, we're doing a DFS profile. Not so much a DFS profile, but an introduction. Uh, somebody uh, welcoming somebody to RG, the RG family. We're going to bring in, I've been practicing this one all day. Uh, set it in front of my mirror like five different times, and it's going to be tricky, but let's make it happen. It's Tyler Tamaline, a.k.a. Toe Tagged Tambo. Tyler. Welcome to RG. Welcome to the podcast. And uh, I don't know, that, that is a mouthful for sure. All those T's, it's kind of tricky for me. Yeah, alliteration's my thing. Th- thanks for having me, Dean. I, I appreciate it. And I'm more than excited to be here. This is awesome to be able to have the introduction and then hop on this right away with you and sort of go through a little bit of the background and what's to come with me at RG. Yeah, so I'm checking out your resume. If you guys are not aware of Tyler, Tyler specializes in PGA and NFL. Uh, he will be doing PGA and NFL content here at RG. The resume is as follows. Get comfortable. It's a lot. Two-time NFL DK, DK Live finalist, uh, King of the Beach, not just once, but twice, 2017 and 2018. Uh, a DK finalist for the Fantasy Golf World Championships as well. As far as his actual ranking here at Rotor Grinders, he's ranked 139 currently. His player of the year ranking is 65. Specific to golf, which again, he'll be doing a ton of golf content here. And his podcast will be here as well, which we'll talk about in just a second. Out of 10,378 people, Tyler, you're currently... 11th beating SDL cards. SDL cards is 12th. Throw some shade at them. That means you're better, right? No, no, I think it's like 19 or 18. I was looking at that as well, too. So 
uh, yeah, uh, th th that's a pretty impressive number for sure as well. Uh, you're, you're telling me actually uh, three times you've been in the top 20 as far as PJ Millimakers. Of course, there's a Millimaker right around the corner, which you will be getting content on as well. You finished third in NFL Millimaker. And uh, most importantly, well, you're gonna, all your content's going to be here now, but you're bringing along your Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast, which uh, I, I told you this pre-show, full disclosure, I'm not a, I don't know golf very well, so I never listen, but I hear it's a fun listen, and I think uh, the name is not misleading. It's not ironically titled. <laughs> you guys have some fun on that show, and of course, you give great content as well. So, uh, Tyler, welcome to the RG family. It's a very impressive resume. And also, I wanted to just say, uh, you know, tell the people if they're not aware, what is the deal with the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast? And, uh, you know, tell us where we can find it down the RG family. Yeah, so it's a podcast my, my boy Kenny Kim started quite a while ago. We had Zach Woods, Brad Messam-Smith on there. It's, you know, a couple of different hosts along the way. I sort of lucked into it on the path of, you know, Brad was the, the second host of the show and he was going back to get his master's. They, I'd been on as a guest, had, a, had some pretty good feedback, tried to bring some energy little bit of an engagement as far as, you know, strategy process, how, how I'm playing GPPs and having success in them. And they said, Hey, do you want to come on as the, the new co-host? And I jumped at the opportunity. So uh, super excited as well to bring that across. It's news that's going to come out when this drops, which now today you guys are listening is Monday and it's going to have Kenny Kim, myself, the same podcast you're used to free, everything all the same, but it is going to be sponsored by Roto Grinders and hosted on the Roto Grinders podcast network. And if you guys stick around for the entirety of this podcast, you will learn about a promo. Give a little bit of a tease. What are they going to learn later on in the show? A big giveaway. So at the end, uh, we'll talk about what it is and how they can win it. And then, yeah, Kenny and I will also have an intro pod coming out this week, probably uh, tomorrow. Again, this is Monday. This is coming out. So it'll be Tuesday with some of the talks of what we're going to be doing. You know, if we're looking to change anything up on the pod, if you guys want something different from us. And then what I'll be doing here at RG Beyond, what you and I are already talking about today, in case they somehow miss this show, they can circle back. How long has that uh, Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast been going for? And how long are you, have you been a uh, part of it specifically? I've, I've been there about a year and a half now. And, you know, Kenny and Brad were two and a half, three years before that. And then uh, Zach and Kenny started it before that. So it's been around, uh, this is year five, I believe, total. Uh, how did you get involved in DFS just in general? How long ago did you find it? How long have you been? Uh, I, I certainly recognize your name. I've seen you in the top of leaderboards before. Uh, how long have you been grinding? you know really grinding probably four or five years now if you go back like uh the profile i guess was created in 2014 because fanduel still shows that and I, I did actually start with fanduel it was sort of the thing back then uh, i kind of just stumbled upon it i was playing season long i was big in season long football you know hundred dollar two hundred dollar leagues and playing in those and having some fun with the boys and you know got a little bit tired of just arguing about who's right all the time and you know if you're <laughs> no way to make money on it. I've always been sort of a stats numbers guy wanting to get behind it and find a way to do it. So uh, when I found DFS, it was like the lights opened up, you know, heaven up top saying, here you go, because it was a fact you could put the money in, have a chance to prove yourself and win. And there was a lot of strategy to it, right? It's a puzzle. So I, I love games and theory and all that sort of stuff and being able to outthink and, and get that stuff. So the survivor guys, you know, outwit, outplay, outlast. That's sort of oh, yeah. the, the feeling that I was looking for. And that's what it brought to me. So I started with FanDuel. And it did not start well, I will say that, but uh, it turned around and, and I, you know, just kept grinding away and now here I am. A couple of things. Uh, I pulled up your profile here at Roto Grinders and it was pretty interesting. In the forums, they, the forums live forever. The internet is forever and you were, you know, STL cards. I mentioned STL cards and I was just going to take a playful jab at him and you being one, uh, one spot above him. But it's just, what, three years ago, he did an AMA and asked me anything and you were asking him about, you know, best advice for getting to a live final and cards took the time to answer a bunch of questions. It's great to kind of go in here as far as the forms here at RG. And it's just funny how, 
you know, life has come full circle. You've been to live finals and hey, you're currently ranked higher than STL cards <laughs> by one spot. Uh, it's just kind of wild. I, I want to hear, I want to get your journey in that. And uh, you mentioned season long football. Uh, first of all, that the people can't tell, it, it hits, it pops on a couple words. You probably think you don't have it, but you have an accent. I'm sure I have an accent too. We can tell you're Canadian. I heard it yes. on about. Um, right. Is there DFF? Oh, have you play like season long uh, Canadian football league? Is that something? Is that a thing no. or no? Uh, if, if you, as people will get to know me and, and even the RG team, I, you know, most people would say this that know me quite well is I'm way more American than I am Canadian. Like I'm, I'm not a hockey fan. I think, you know, it's no disrespect. I think Canadian football league is, you know, is what it is. I'm happy for them, but it's, you know, these guys work part-time. It's, it's not the best athletes. Let's just say it in a nicer way, but I'm all about the American league stuff, right? NCAA football, try, you know, Trump's any of that stuff for me. And then obviously NFL being the big leagues, that's what it's all about when it comes down to football hockey. I just never got behind when I was a kid. My mom had said to me, you know, you can play hockey, which is expensive. Don't got a lot of money, you know, getting by just fine, but not like you've got a choice. You can play basketball and baseball and play in two sports, summer and spring, that type of thing, and fall and winter, whatever, or you can play hockey, and we'll try and grind it out there, and, you know, skates and lessons and all this stuff, and I said, forget it, I, I like basketball and baseball, so I rolled with those two sports. What, what were your basketball and baseball comps? What, what was your game like? Oh, pretty good. I was a point guard. I played, I played high school basketball, so, you know, that's sort of when that dream ended, and, and really was a bench player for the first year, and then sort of sixth man, and, and get to come off and, and do that, so that was kind of you know, something I loved, but baseball was, you know, my good sport. I, I actually got behind uh, the role of catcher, which nobody seemed to want to play. And I, I just loved it because you sort of control the action. You're the leader out there throwing guys out, telling the pitcher what you see, what's going to happen. Got, got into it, you know, pretty good. And then uh, just a lot of lingering injury, you know, knee injuries, things like oh, yeah. that. I've had an ACL replacement just from random, you know, pastime playing these sports and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I still enjoy them, but that's sort of the background and history on it. Are you a Blue Jays fan? I know you're currently in Alberta, which is, you know, Canada is a big country and you're far away from Toronto, but de facto, would you just become, because that's the only Canadian team? How does that work? More, more of a Raptors fan, well before the, you know, the situation with Kawhi and winning and getting it all done, you know, definitely still got to <laughs> cheer for them. The, the biggest thing is, though, in Canada, Dean, is you can pick whoever you want, because we don't really have, you know, if, if, you're a, yeah. if you're a hockey fan and where I'm at, you know, just outside of Calgary, you sort of pick the Flames and the guys up north from us a little bit are Edmonton Oilers and that's sort of the breakdown, but I, I don't care about that. Like I said, I'll go to the games for some entertainment, some excitement. There's nothing like the red mile and some playoff hockey when it, when it comes down to it. But uh, when it comes to sports, I'm a, a big long-term since 97. I'm a Lakers Kobe guy. So, you know, tough year this past year, obviously with Kobe, but you've always been a Lakers fan. I stick with my teams and I've uh, always been a Ravens fan. So since I got oh. into the NFL, I've been grinding away with those guys and I sort of love their, you know, tenacity, their, their power, strength, defense, all that, get behind it. You know, now with Lamar, that's just been huge for us. And last year was quite a disappointment the way it ended, but definitely excited for the future and some of the prospects that we picked up in the past. What is, what's the red mile you mentioned? Is that something they do in Calgary? The yeah, the, it's a uh, 16th Ave is a big street, downtown Calgary. It's the busiest street and it's where all the party and the bar scene and all that stuff is. And people head down and during the playoffs, everybody wears red. And that's, you know, you go inside the sea of red, the sea being, you know, for Calgary. And they put that in the stands and everyone's wearing red and then it just escapes out into the parking lot and into the bar scene and just it's a sea of red. So the red mile is what they call it. Yeah. So you don't really love hockey, but you like the partying that's involved in hockey. Little less now. I'm getting old, Dean. But yeah, I do. I do like that aspect much more. The, the games are exciting. Understood. but uh, It's like they I guess what happened was they almost won a Stanley Cup, got robbed. And then ticket prices like tripled. And even though they didn't win the cup, the prices are still up there. So they charge quite a bit. And like I said, for me not being that interested, I, don't, I just don't care that much. I'd rather go to the bar and watch the game versus go to the actual arena and be in there. 
Is that the Jerome Ginla years? I don't know hockey very well. It would be. Got, yeah, okay. it was somewhere back then and around then. Like that. That is who it is that you know the run went with. Yeah, uh, but you mentioned playing season long, you know, fantasy, and you're throwing your hundred bucks in and all that. And I'm not sure if you have a similar experience that I do. Like I still play with my high school, college friends, and playing years. And you got to keep playing in those leagues. You got to keep that league alive. But you know, it's funny. My my friends will text me on Sunday and say, "Oh, you got so lucky because Zeke uh, got this touchdown at the last second. And you know, uh, this stupid season long league with my friends that I don't really care about. It's week seven. I'm gonna be four and three, or you know, you know five and two. It doesn't matter. Uh, but it cost me like three thousand dollars in DFS. And like, oh, you got so lucky, and you can't like. How, how do you deal with that conversation? Have you had that conversation with your friends? It's like, no, I wish that didn't happen. I, maybe I'm just oh, giving yeah. flashbacks my own. I'm anti-sweating season long all time. I still, I only play like I've cut it right down. I'm in like the smallest leagues, just my, my brother and his buddies have a league. And then one of my best friends and their league. And, and I've got the championships that are behind me. I got the belt and the, the old school trophy up top there with my King of the Beach trophy, where I took down the leagues. I got lucky, but the bottom line is, is it's like you said, there's weeks where you're anti-sweating it. They're like, man, if you get this, cmc touchdown i'm gonna be pissed i'm like i actually don't want it because it's about to cost me 10k you know in the in this one spot drop in this tournament that i'm in so i'm I'm actually with you on this one you can take this week pal the the value of talking smack to your friend about week five or week seven of some stupid like hundred dollar league is not worth ten thousand dollars to you sometimes not no normally (laughs) not (laughs) uh it's funny i I was going to ask about that belt we'll talk about the king of the beach in a second Uh, you've been there several times and I believe, is that a third place belt? Is that what we're talking about? That's what we're looking at? The, the, the belts from a season long league this year, we, the boys picked one up. I thought it was pretty cool. So I really wanted it and I, I'd been trying to win it and I got it this last year. But the, the football trophy up there that's sort of in that shape, that, that's a third place trophy, which was a, a bit of a stat sweat at the end down in uh, Key West when I went down. And I met Dan Bach there that year. That's when I oh. sort of met him and, and we got to go down there and have some fun and yeah, that was a little bit of a sweat on the last day. I was only winning by like a point and a half. And I, mainly, you know, the difference in the money wasn't huge. I think it was 50 down to 40. But it was uh, more about the wanting to get that podium finish and get that trophy. So if you weren't going to get first, it was E. Hafner that year who sort of oh, yeah. blew out the field by like 30, 40 points, showed up at the last half hour, had a couple – I think he had a drink or two because he had a newborn that had just arrived, so he was taking it easy, and then picked it up and, and won. And, and so cool to see that for him. He was a really good guy, and, and to see him show up and get that number – number one trophy but i just wanted to get something at that point he was he was sweating it in his uh, hotel or maybe he wasn't he didn't join the party till the last half hour how cool is that yeah, it, yeah i believe it was the newborn situation so he's there oh, for okay. his wife which you know i gotta be there for the wife got you know i got a little one on the way i've already got a daughter who's three got a little boy on the way so sort of uh, i understand that fully the family life and i'm all about that so he, he did the right thing in the end and still picked up the trophy and the money Oh, it's a good time to say that we're we're not uh, just on the podcast here. We're also on YouTube. If you guys want to watch the visuals, and I don't know if our producer Devin actually is framing your your trophies, but they are there. I can confirm. You might they might be out of frame as of right now, but uh, you got several trophies on display. We're rocking the, the belt. You got it. That looks like a Super Bowl replica trophy. Is that is that what I'm seeing as well? It's kind of like a mini replica unit there. Yeah, again, it's a smaller league. It's just more to the boys that say, "Well, you you're so good, you can do this at DFS. Can you can you come win a seat?" I'm like, it's the opposite, bro. Like I'm playing against guys that are <laughs> dominating and and on the highest level, and I'm trying to beat them. So trust me, my focus is not on this league, but I'll draft with you and let's do it. We'll backtrack in a second, but since you mentioned it, talk to me about the King of the Beach uh, and meeting Dan Mock. Was this the time that he was doing? I know there was sometimes he would go there and do some interviews. Did you happen to get accosted for an interview or just kind of met him at the bar or what? No, that year I just met him a little bit. Like, you know, got to hang out, whatever. The the year before, you mentioned the cards thing earlier when I asked him, you know, sort of about that. The year before I had been 
you know, in the the way the King of the Beach works is it breaks down like it was used to be 200 down to 50 or whatever, or 75 get to go. And then it moved down to like 180 down to 50 get to go. So the, the first year I was in like top 10 all day. And in the afternoon, I had two injuries at, before half that cost me and I dropped to like 53rd and didn't quite get in. So I was really disappointed, grinded the next year, got back, ended up to get down there, ended up meeting Dan bunch of good guys from the industry, Hefe, a couple other guys that were, you know, were down there that you sort of get, know and get to see them go on runs, which is awesome. You know, if you're, if you're not one of the trolls out there and you're cheering, you should be cheering for people that if, if you're out of it, you know, you want to cheer for the others, the, the good guys to be able to get a win. So someone's taking it down that, you know, and, and that was sort of what it was all about and got to meet them a little bit, but I was fortunate enough to make it back the next year in 2018. And that's when I met Cal and Dan happened to be there again. So it was just cool to, to link up with them, go out, party a little bit, have some fun, and, and then get to really get to know him a little bit better. And that's sort of where it's led to now. Also, uh, I imagine you were excited to get out of Canada in December and go to Key West. <laughs> Always good. Yeah, that, that was the, probably the second disappointment the first year when I was that close. I think it was in Bahamas then. I was really wanting to get to that one. Uh, and it just didn't work out at that time. So it wasn't meant to be. And again, it, it all worked out in the end. So I'm happy with where I ended up now. How did you find DFS? How did you discover? You see a commercial or something or what? Yeah, they were doing so many commercials. And, and even I think like, I don't know if they were doing it because Yahoo definitely wasn't into it by then. But it was, you know, being on Yahoo fantasy sites and ESPN fantasy sites, somewhere those ads were coming across that I was just like, well, what is this all about? Is this real? Like, you got to dig into it a little bit. There was, it's I think at that time, there was like draft street with snake drafts and, and everything there. And I was trying mm-hmm. to, you know, find what worked. And, and yeah, like I said, it didn't start well. I actually... Uh, it's you know had a podcast the perfect lineup I've done in the past with Jason Baumgartner and we, we talked about this but I'm not the guy that says you know I deposited a hundred bucks and never look back I deposited like five thousand and lost <laughs> it along the way slowly not all in one day or anything but I, I was losing you know putting a hundred bucks a day just kept losing kept losing catch catch your little break where you know keeps you excited that maybe this could be, could happen could be true but I was really grinding and trying to get a hold of people like you know talking about multi-entering I was trying to like multi-hit up guys to be like can you help me do you want a mentor? Like, I just want to get better, right? I think there's always someone out there that'll help you get better. And that's kind of why me at RG, that's what my goal is, is my passions, you know, grinding DFS, helping people get better, teaching, coaching, developing, all that sort of thing. And that's why it's going to be fun to be here. You're here to pay it forward. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you said it because like, again, I was looking at the whole uh, STL cards, took the time to answer your questions, how to get to a, he was saying, he, I think his answer was, he was giving like a realistic answer. He's like, well, it's really hard to get to a live final. And you're like, all right, yeah. uh, I'll get the three. How about that? Uh, as far as our path, did you remember the time uh, you, you won uh, the live final? Do you remember? Is it, is it like a sweat of some sort? As the, far as well, when in, I, yeah, when, when I got into it, um, hmm, that year I don't really remember, to be honest. I got the hardest time and the worst memory for that. I, I remember exactly what happened the year before when I didn't get in, so it's kind of like a bad beat story where you don't remember it. But, yeah, the, the, uh, the live final itself was just basically fading – Todd Gurley, I remember all afternoon, and he was just starting to go nuts. And every time he touched the ball, he was that's when he was in his prime and really crushing it. It sounds like he should still be in his prime, but we know what happened last year. But anyway, um, he was just getting there and getting there. And every, you know, it looked like every yard, every carry was for four or five yards. And it just like waiting for the game to be over. And then finally it ended. And, and I just couldn't be more happy that it was over. Now, uh, I, this was on your Twitter, and I was, I was checking out your Twitter before the show. For the record, by the way, it's so wild. You know, Todd Gurley's only 25. He seems, he seems like he, be, he should be so much older. So I felt awkward saying that, but it's so true. Uh, well, but the life, the, the life of a running back, that's unfortunate. That's how they go. They kind of use them up and throw them out. It's, a, it's it. rough. Get your money while you can there, Todd. Um, yeah, where was it? Oh, yeah, so I saw a video. Is this where he intentionally took a knee at the one-yard line? Oh, that, that was um, – Was that a different time? 
that was a different time. That was the year after that was 2018. And that was the whole, you know, the whole room went nuts because he was, you know, should have ran it in, but he just kneeled it. And, and well, basically sat on it. I should say, he didn't kneel it. He sat on it and everyone's like, Oh, and then the funny part, I remember like a guy smashed his phone, you know, siege is in the video yelling, going crazy. And then like, what an idiot or something. And then the next thing, you know, you know, there's still like a minute and seven on the clock. So they really had no choice. And they were on the one, like it was just a dumb spot to do it. So he just ran it in the next play anyway. So it was just like a crazy sweat to watch. I wasn't really in the mix at that point, but it was the, you know, everyone sort of anti-sweating him thinking they were safe to then he's in and they weren't safe. And all the guys before that, that were worried that he was going to get in. It's just hilarious to watch in person. You saw the room explode. You said you struggled at first. Uh, was there anything you can kind of sort of point to that, that kind of turned it around? Is it basically asking a lot of smart guys, like give me your tips and, just sort of yeah. putting them all together. Is that sort of the, uh, the crux of it? I, I would say that some for sure that, I mean, a lot of people helped along the way, like you said, just cards hopping in to even answer those questions and, and other guys for sure that too many to mention. But I think the bigger thing is just sort of, you know, you do got to grind through it a little bit and recognize there is a process to it. You got to sort of pay your dues or whatever you want to call it and, and put the time in, but the content consumption, you know, I'm, that's what sort of my thing is. I read everything on Twitter. I get podcasts and I know there's information overload and, paralysis by analysis and whatever but if you that's what you'll get over time i think with experience where you're able to sort of sift through that and find sort of what you want to stick with as far as information goes and what your you know guiding principles are for how you want to make your stuff and go forward when you're building a lineup or a set of lineups or a player pool or whatever it might be yeah it's an interesting conversation an interesting thought and just like to to like acknowledge that maybe i'm not necessarily the smartest person in the room and you know, be able to listen to some smart people and uh, knowing what you know is super important, but also being willing to concede that you maybe not know, don't know something, which is probably just as important. Uh, and you talk about taking in content and a lot of times I'll take in content from smart guys and I'll be like, that is a great point, but I'm going to go a different route. I respect that, you know, and, and also just, uh, I suppose for ownership and for leverage and things like that, it's important to know what's being pumped out there and uh, ways to take advantage of that. It's probably not things you're thinking of when you're first starting playing, like I never considered ownership when I played what, eight, nine years ago, whatever it was. Right. I, a lot of us sort of advanced and, uh, you know, our thought process on things. I, I used to be like a huge BBP truther. I know you're not a baseball guy. I don't think you're a baseball guy so much when it comes to DFS, but you know, that is a uh, more of a back burner thing for me now. Uh, the most, so your, your biggest earliest sweat, was it a, a queue of some sort or was it just a regular contest? Your first big takedown. My first big takedown was after that sort of $5,000 downstroke. I actually started in the daily world. I was playing with NBA. That's, I, even though oh. I was into NFL season long and all, it just wasn't around. And that's why I think it was as that season was ending, that season long and NFL season was ending, it was sort of like ads, like here's where you can get into DFS. Here's what that's all about. Here's what DFS stands for. You know, found roto grinders, found, like just started seeking out information to try and get, you know, into this and get better at it as we talked about. And, and you know, that's where I went down. And that same, you know, strategy just kept plugging away. And it was the NBA slam. And I couldn't find the um, article, but Roto-Grinders did an article on it. But it was basically saying, you know, how I took it down. And it was, you know, a last-minute swap with Michael Carter-Williams. He wasn't supposed to play. And, yeah, I had him at, like, 3%. He went off for, like, 55 FanDuel points. And I took down the 25 – it was a $20 or $25 slam for 25000 And I had, like, three entries in it. So it was really nice uh, ROI, 75 bucks flip to that but I mean it's it's the same story no one wants to really talk about it but you know like I said down 5k you're you hit 25 yeah you're up 20 but you know that's where people get their bankroll to get started and then you just got to have sort of some sense of not blowing it all and just don't get too out of your comfort zone don't go start playing 1ks because you took down a 20k score like do what works right stick to your process keep going and a lot of people you know trust the process I, I think to me it's more trust the progress where you know you're you know see if you're seeing progress trust in that 
And yeah, you're doing things to get there, but those are, are going to take time. Nobody, you know, gets on a sports team and normally becomes the best player the first year or, you know, hops in a, starts their own business and it just blows up in year one to way beyond the, but it, it can happen. It does, but understand that that's a little bit more rare and there is going to be some time and some tuition you got to pay, pay your dues as you go along. And like you said, it with the live final, miss the first year, get in the next two. So it's, you just got to grind away and keep at it and stick to your process. MCW really dates that story, by the way. Uh, it he does. Was great sure. I think it was tanking. 2015, 2015 <laughs> or 16. Yeah. <laughs> he was great on those terrible 76ers teams. I don't know if that's the year. Uh, that's the out. year. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was an excellent uh, DFS play, player for sure. Um, yeah. So any extravagant uh, splurges? Did we, did we buy anything after you for 25K? Or is there anything just, are you just going to like put it in the bankroll or? Yeah, that was sort of just, you know, not really making a bunch of money back then, you know, still working my way up, you know, with the, you know, getting ready to start a family. I think around then was my, maybe my wedding, right? Because I think I've married about five, just over five years now. So that, that's sort of the um, situation at that time, you know, blow it all in a wedding, but uh, my wife will say it's worth it. So that's all that matters as long as she's happy. (laughs) She's very supportive, you know, and that's been good for me. But yeah, I think that was all I spent it on at that time. There's been some other wins and purchases along the way We you know, I bought like a, basically things to make the sweat better a bit more tv 75 inch 110 inch projector you want to get some of the the bigger toys to have a, a better way to sweat it that's about it also that's 25k american yeah <laughs> the that's like a million that's like a million dollars Canadian. at least that's a yeah. million loonies and toonies as far as yeah, I can tell. exactly loonies and toonies yeah and i th- i mean yeah now this is probably not the route to go but i don't think no taxes i'm pretty sure it's tax-free that's i don't cool. know yeah yes yes that's good. beautiful <laughs> that's a nice uh not complaining <laughs> oh man you, you mentioned your wife you, you mentioned the wedding night uh your avatar picture is a picture from your wedding night so tell us what's going on there because i asked you pre-show I'm like is this are you like in the karate is this an mma thing uh you have a i guess it, i didn't realize uh, i thought it was like a you know i'm not sure what the term is that you wear around your head white belt but you thought i was a white belt dean yeah <laughs> yeah no, it's a it's actually a funny story because it, it was from my wedding night and what I absolutely did not want to happen is, you know, the ding, 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 where everyone's hitting their glasses and all that. So I said, forget it. We're not doing that game. I was uh, like, I'm pretty upfront, pretty direct guy when I speak to people. And it's not in a rude way. I try and just be who I am. And, and sure. people normally can appreciate that. But I said, listen, guys, we're going to have fun with it. So we put down, stick with the golfing theme. We put down one of those mini putt, like retractables. You hit the putt and it shoots it back to you. And we set the putt up at like five feet. And we said, if you want to come up all night long and make a putt, you can putt it in and we'll kiss. I said, if you make the putt, if you miss, you buy us each a shot. And now it's a dumb idea because I have a lot of people, a lot of friends and family that apparently aren't very good at golf. And so, yeah, a lot of people miss, got a lot of shots into me. And yeah, the tie went on backwards. The story is history. You can see my mouth is just wired. I don't really know, um, you know, what went on the rest of the night, but it was, it was a good night. It was a fun night. A lot of people said we had a good time. Your wife had fun. That's the most important thing, right? I, I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> What, what, what kind of shots are we taking? Hopefully nothing that's like 120 proof because that can get ugly in a hurry. It was pretty bad. Yeah. I think it was a lot of whiskey shots and, you know, uh, sour jacks. Some of them were a little bit smaller, a little bit easier on you, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. Like I said, and then some of them you just don't know. The only one I declined and always declined is tequila. Some oh. people hate on that, but I'm, I'm not a big tequila guy. I don't really like that. You and me both. We, we've all, we all, we've all had a bad tequila story one time. Bad experience, or exactly. That's what it is. It's exactly it. I moved on. We we broke up years ago. It was an ugly breakup. Exactly. I'm happy about that breakup. Uh, so you mentioned your wife as well. Talk to me about the balance of you know how does this affect everyday normal life as far as making lineups as far as DFS? Does it alter date night? Does it alter what time dinner may or may not be? And I know you're doing golf 
uh, uh, in NFL mostly, which times are sort of different. I'm sort of thinking like the seven o'clock Eastern. Uh, of course, yeah. we also talk pre-show. You've been uh, all over the place uh, in the last couple of months with the NASCAR and the esports and MMA, and I believe you've been playing some. Uh, what's the last Everything. one? What's, Rock, what's Rocket the, League and Rocket League of Legends, League. all stuff I thought I would never in my life. I didn't even know half them existed, let alone put money on them. But I really don't sweat them. Like, I don't really watch them. So yeah. I just put the money in and then see what happens when I wake up. It works out good. I'm on the West Coast. So as we mentioned, but, you know, you can put, sort of put the lineups in, go to bed. I can't really stay up for, like, KBO. I, I, I like it. I think it's cool. You can play it. And it's a good to have another sport for everybody that wants to grind or is missing the MLB grind. But, you know, I haven't really been on the daily sports And just to answer your question, I mean, you know, my wife is Megan. She's extremely, extremely supportive of everything that I do in both content, uh, playing daily fantasy, supporting the family, basically just everything that I love to do, my passion. She's behind me 100%. And that, you know, if you don't have that, it really doesn't help your situation. So that allows me to say, like, you know, my daughter's three and she knows, Daddy, got to go to work. I I call it work, (laughs) right? I'm going to go put the time in. If I'm going to invest this money and put this money behind it, I know, you know, many will say it's gambling and whatever. You can say whatever you want. I don't care. I, you know, I've got a positive ROI. I put my money in good as best as I can and try and get a positive return. That's what we're all trying to do. We're all grinding the same thing. And that's why, you know, sharing the success is fun, right? You see the wins, you we're all doing the same thing, you know, you know, talking on brand with golf. People know I'm a big Ricky Fowler truther. He's always there at the end. It's the joke. It's the, he's the butt of the joke where it's, you know, he's always there at the end to congratulate the guy and shake hands when he loses or, you know, comes top three and doesn't quite get there. But people might forget, you know, coming top three is not a bad thing. I know these tournaments are top heavy, but it is what it is. You got to put yourself in position. Uh, you know, Drewby from Daily Roto, a good guy. Colin Drew had an article out this week, just yesterday. Uh, you know, again, we're recording this Friday, but he talked about the being in the 1% and just taking your, get as many shots up there as you can. And then they'll start to pan out if you can continue after it. So that's really all I'm trying to do. And my family, like I said, my wife, daughter, everyone, they're, they're very supportive knowing that I got to go in and put the time in. It's all for the good of the family and that it's what I love to do. And in the end, it, it all works out. And we do still plan for date nights and things like that. And then lastly, to your point, big, big weekly grinder with NFL and PGA more than daily. So that really allows me to spend a lot of time with the family. Even when I'm working my, you know, quote unquote, in real life job, I can, I can be available after four or five o'clock in the evening with my family, put my daughter to bed. And then my wife goes to bed 10 o'clock. I just stay up from 10 till two and, and grind out what I got to do and then get on to it the next day. Yeah. I would imagine that's very important to have the support of everybody. So uh, that makes a lot of sense. That checks out. But I, I'm checking out, I'm on your RG page as well too, as far as your recent results. And uh, it looks like you banked NASCAR May 25th, 2020 first out of 35,000 and changed. Uh, do you know anything about about NASCAR? You just a little of... bit. It's uh, a. <laughs> okay. I know they go in circles a lot, and I understand sort of the. I think with everything, one of the you yeah. know probably most, I would say underrated pieces is just understanding the scoring rules and how mm-hmm. the game works. And with them, you can if you if you understand game theory, and again, you have to have that experience of doing it in other sports and whatnot, and ownership and all these factors. You just start to apply some of the theory. Doesn't mean it's always going to work out. There's a lot of luck involved in it too. Uh, you know, I've actually. Uh, you know, had a couple of luck spots where I would say, you know, with League of Legends last month, I did a two-way chop this month that, you know, that was an eight-way chop and that I've had some, you know, good luck in Outlaw. But I think, you know, it's just like the old, you know, Rounders is probably one of my favorite movies. Rounders and Karate Kid. So you mentioned that's when I always got to watch. You joked about the karate on the head, like never been in karate or, or any mixed martial arts, but I do love the movie Karate Kid. But in Rounders, sort of the idea is, is it really always luck if the same people keep getting there? And we see it all the time. And you know, it gets frustrating at times when people are, you know, talking about, oh, it's only because you have 150 entries and whatever. Well, I really normally, I only play 150 in like the Millie Makers. I'll play 75 to 100 because I feel like in 
some of these other tournaments, you either have it or you don't. Like in a lot of cases, would those extra 50 to 75 get me on the right pool? Or am I really going to add in those 10 other guys? Probably not. You got to take some stands here and there. So I, I got no problem with it. I, I sort of let it slide off. But, you know, we are grinding away trying to make this happen. And part of it is just understanding the rules of the game. And that's how these things happen. You, uh, you finished first in an $8 buy-in January 2nd for a golf tournament. You mentioned 150 lineups. Uh, maybe Twitter is wrong, but I was told, according to Twitter, if you mention, if you enter 150 lineups, you automatically win. Is that not true? You have all the and options more, covered? Yeah, more if you got a wife, too. You know, I talked about my wife just now. But yeah, the, the, <laughs> we'll leave that one alone. But I, th- I think that's the funny part. And I think, if, you know, a lot of people have joked about it, and some of the people that have taken it more seriously have said the truth on the fact is, you know, interest rates are low right now, all, all-time lows. Go take a loan. Put your money in. Put your 150 up. It's, uh, you know, the the DFS GPP scene is the ultimate court. And you can talk about judicial or basketball, you know, ball don't lie or, you know, judge don't lie. It's whatever comes down. The best is at the top. At the end, we play to win. It doesn't mean it's going to be all skill. But my point is more is if you think you can do it, I, I definitely advise you to go out and try. There's no doubt that I have losing days, losing weeks, losing months. But in the end, it's all about coming out profitable and just doing the best you can to put your best foot forward each time you're putting those lineups into the mix. Or just run it in like the quarter arcade. Let's just start with that. Like hundred fifty dollars in the quarter arcade. Easy. It should be the easier field. The, the less stakes. <laughs> Most of the you know the folks at at my level can't play three dollars and below, and typically things like that. So if you can get a dollar or a fifty cent one fifty max. To your point, I, I think that's a great way to start. And it's not just trolling back. It's saying like by all means, we I, I want to see people do better. My content's gonna be here to try and help people with that situation where they want to do one to three max, twenty max, one fifty max, whatever it might be, just to get started in that scene. What are you more of a, I think you're more of a tournament guy than a cash game guy. Is that correct? All, all tournaments. Yeah. So you're all, you're all about like ceiling and uh, embracing variants. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like I said, I was sort of looking for, you know, things like looking for uniques, trying to build around, you know, what you think others are doing, leveraging a pool around ownership and different factors. So really it just comes down to, uh, like I said, sort of getting all that information throughout the week and then looking at how it's best to put it together. And that'll actually be one of the things starting for colonial that I'm doing a Wednesday stream on, you know, sort of what the week overall looks like lineup construction, you know, not giving out lineups or anything, but just saying like what this, how you can build, what's the field look like they're doing? What's the RG ownership say for these guys and how could you build around that to be a little bit different and, and leverage certain spots? What I'm looking for. You mentioned Ricky Fowler. I'm not a golf guy. Uh, what, why is Ricky Fowler your guy? How do you get a guy in golf? Like is, it, it feels like, again, I don't know. So maybe I'm speaking from ignorance that it's hard to like get a grasp of personalities. Maybe that's a bad take. That, that's the opposite. And I'm the, I'm on, I'm the chalk when it comes to who I'm on my, my brand, as far as golf is Ricky's the most popular golfer in the world, probably. So it, it really comes down to that, but it was same as, you know, like I mentioned with Kobe in 97, the reason I got onto Kobe was he was flashy, came into the dunk competition, won it with the Isaiah between the legs dunk. And that was like my thing. I was like, I love that. That's, that's sick. I want to be able to do that. I was doing that in my league game on, on a layup, of course, you know, but <laughs> Um, you know, when it came to golf, it was the same thing. When I was first getting into it, this guy's dressing in all orange, a little bit more flashy, but he's humble, treating everyone with respect, stopping to sign autographs, be there, giving it back, right? Like what I'm talking about, paying it forward. To me, that's important in somebody to be able to have those as sort of their, like I mentioned earlier, guiding principles where, you know, you have a, a stance and you take it and that's just who you are. I can appreciate that. And I think that's one thing about Ricky and people make fun of him for high-fiving at the end, but I mean, he's normally high-fiving off like a third-place finish. So it's, yeah, he didn't get to the top. He didn't win this time, but the variance is there. It will pan out. And in the end, he's doing the right thing. Why wouldn't he congratulate his boy that came in first? It's a big achievement. And I would hope someone's there to congratulate me when I take down that spot. 
uh, hearing about your basketball layup, have you been uh, recruited yet for the, the upcoming RG basketball? Uh, I'm excited about that, man. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready for that. I'm ready for a couple things. And, and that was uh, the RG, you know, get togethers, whether it's for Super Bowl, whatever ends up panning out. And then obviously the RG team party. And then I'm excited for the Hattie B's chicken, the basketball okay. game, but the is good. But the Hattie B's chicken, the Nashville hot chicken, that's a, one of the places I've never been. I'm excited to go uh, and definitely want to try that chicken on. I've been watching some YouTube videos on it, getting hyped up for it. Uh, I'll have you know, uh, I'm not here to make you jealous or anything. Hattie B's is like 0.6 miles from me. I can walk to yeah. it. It's right and on the corner for me. Uh, but I'm a total wimp. I get it Southern style, which means no spice at all. Uh, okay. I don't understand the concept of heat. I understand that. I feel like that's, and that's a bad pun, but it's a hot take. I, I, it doesn't, I, I don't get the idea. people that love the heat, like the, what the clock or whatever it's called. The, yeah. the I forget what the name of it is. Like what I wouldn't know that if it's going to burn my cheeks off while I'm trying to enjoy it. I'm not really excited about that, but I, I don't mind a little spice, Dean. I, I like some spice. All right, yeah, meet, meet somewhere in the middle. I'm sure there's a compromise you, you'll enjoy. And yeah, my brother just visited here a week or two ago, and that's and he said we got to go to Hattie B's. So that's it. Got me. Well, I was gonna say it got me out of the house. It did not get me out of the house. Anyway, he had it delivered. And uh, just, yeah, I, I think you were talking to Chopper about this, and it got delivered to your doorstep still. But it was because <laughs> your brother was in town. It worked out. There you go. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. That was a fun conversation. I love it, man. It's a good one. Uh, so you mentioned uh, outlaw golf. I'm kind of curious about this. And I, I had this fun little scenario played out in my head. Uh, I was talking to Noto about outlaw golf and he was doing some content on it. Um, is it just, it's a bunch of amateur guys or maybe some college guys or guys trying to like break into the pros, get to the next level. And he was suggesting it's $900 and you can just basically buy your way into the tournament. I guess it depends upon the tournament, but what, what do you, I mean, have you been playing the outlaw? Because I know you've been playing all these other friend stuff. Uh, I imagine yeah, oh, yeah. you dabbling as well. De- definitely love the outlaw. It's been good to me too. Had a couple, had a really close call just this past week. And I got third and fifth in the big one. And, and so that was close, but um, yeah, it's like what, what Noto said is correct. Uh, you know, I listened to that one the day before the chop one. And it's, you can, anybody can really get into it, but it's kind of like, you know, DFS you'd have a, you, but even worse because you really, there is guys in there that are like corn fairy tour guys, like strong players that actually play really good golf. You're not going to have a good chance. They're probably better off putting their 900 bucks on DraftKings from what they know about golfers and being big fans of golf and trying to work it out that way for some of them. But if you were in DFS, like anybody can go join a one K tonight, but you know, going up against, you know, empire mock love and all these dudes and Noto and, and those types, are you really going to have your money in good? Probably not. So it, it's not really advised, but the tour it's filled up with a lot of minor league guys. And then a lot of guys are just trying to stay fresh for what's upcoming, right? When golf comes back around and get into some and qualify for some of these bigger ones. I just, I had this completely absurd half-baked idea of like, I mean, I'm a terrible golfer, but why can't I, I mean, is it worth $900 to have DraftKings to put a price on me? (laughs) If you you got the money to throw around, Dean, 900 bucks for that. Like I said, I think you're better off joining a couple of the, put your three max in the $300 and and make some real money. But imagine the amazing tweets I would get. People would be so angry at me for shooting like a 220. Yeah, no one would be rostering you, Dean. No, so people don't, nobody knows who they're rostering in this thing. Yeah, they, maybe. I don't know. I, I think it would, with your, your history and your name out there, I think it would get spread pretty quickly. You'd be dead in the water. <laughs> oh, man. And I don't know, is it even on TV or it's like Periscope, right? They're doing a really good job of it, actually, with Periscope. Uh, you know, the scoring and the updates from DK and all that can be a bit of a hot topic or separate topic. I really don't like that factor of it because, you know, when, when you got 20 bucks in, who cares? Just let it run out. But when you got some money invested and you're trying to see how this plays out, like it's the, it's the worst timing. It's the very end of the sweat. When you've got like, you know, the other day when I was sweating the top 10, I had three up there hoping that one gets there. I'm having to do all the math myself on the sidelines and looking off the outlaw because outlaw is doing a great job updating it and having the periscope. 
but I want to see like, what does that equate to on the DK leaderboard? And I have to math out each lineup separately. That's a little bit of a pain, you know, to do that. Yeah. You mentioned, by the way, Fandle, I guess you pivoted mostly to DK now. Is that, yeah. you play both, but DK is your specialty in Fandle. Speaking of live scoring, some of their lives, KBO doesn't do it until the end. Like, that's the sweat. Like you just, you don't that's know how they to... do it with Outlaw too. It's the same way with Outlaw. It's, it's whatever. I mean, they're doing their thing, I guess, but it seems like they're focused a little bit more on the, the fantasy side of things. But great site, been around forever. I, I definitely still support them. I just, you know, like you said, where's the action? Where's the big money? The Millie Maker is going to be for Colonial on DraftKings, and that's where I'm going to be. Yeah, uh, we were talking about tweets, and I was talking about the idea of getting some mean tweets. Uh, can you think of anything? You've been doing content for a while, and obviously your intentions are always for the best, and you said, hey, uh, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. The idea is to have the good way, good days out, outweigh the bad days. Uh, but somebody catches you on the wrong day. <laughs> is there any sort of mean tweet that you can recall? Somebody sort of saying like, oh, you're a total fraud or you don't know what you're talking about or you know, some sort of. Uh, you get them. Yeah, you, you get, get them time to time, right? Like the, the most reason I said the hot topic is definitely like max entering and people calling you over that. And if it, it's funny, like, you know, you don't even if I win, like you know, 15 grand in a tournament and post like there's just the max enter. If I did max enter, it couldn't even equate to that. It's just the screenshot to show the win is sort of, again, it's pride. It's achievement. You, you kind of want others to be engaged and go on that journey with you. It's not all about, I'm not putting it by the way, come to Roto grinders and follow me where you're going to automatically win 15 grand because I tweeted this. It's not what it's all about, right? We're just sharing yeah. in the love, being able to get out there and sort of your own sense of pride and achievement. I do like that personally. I understand what can be behind it and how other people use it maliciously and whatnot, but and, and then I understand also the marketing side. Some people need to use it for business and that's fine. I, it's just all how you put it out there and what your intent is. But I think, yeah, the, the multi-entering thing, I, you know, the other day someone said something like you, you max entering POS, but that was the, the whole DM. So I leave my DMs open so people can, can happily follow me, reach out to me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo, hit me up anytime. I don't mind. But when you just get that as your DM, it's like you max entering POS. It's like, okay, I, sure. Like whatever you think, like I, it, it is what it is. I'm just doing my, you know, I'm trying to do my best. That's all. Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, with everything, there's nothing it's 100% good or 100% bad, right? With anything, it's a, Twitter's great if you use it for you, but of course you're going to come across some things that are sort of goofy. or You want to have those too. haters, man. You got to have some. It's it's no fun if you don't. You got the chip in the shoulder, man. You point to the trophy. Say, just, just it, take a screenshot M- MJ told you. MJ was making up stories in Last Dance talking about <laughs> it, going out to make up a story about a guy to go out and win a game and dominate. So I, I take it as motivation, like you said. You got to have haters. It's always fun. And it's fun to mess around with them time to time. But I typically let it slide off and just let them be. I, I don't like blocking people. I like muting people. So I know everyone's on, a, on the fence when it comes to that. I'll mute more than I'll block. I don't really care about them. I just, I'll mute their situation. They're screaming into the vortex. They're screaming into uh, just a black hole. They have no it idea. It makes it more fun. They really want a response, right? <laughs> I don't know if I ever use the mute button. Uh, and as far as blocking, I would say I, I, I have less than 10 people blocked. And yeah. several of those people that I blocked were because uh, people put out spoilers. Come on, man. This is, we live in a society. We, 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 I mean, people like telling you exactly what's happening in the uh, TV shows, like the minute it happens. I don't need that yeah. in my life. Uh, we have DVRs. That's right. <laughs> You're not, are, are you a spoiler? Uh, is this going to be a thing? I'm not a spoiler guy. I'm against them. Even what happens up in Canada is with the stream, because we, for whatever reason, have to stream NFL Red Zone. And I got notifications on my phone. So I got to turn my phone over mm-hmm. during the games because people are tweeting out. I don't know, like people love to live tweet every touchdown or whatever. I don't have any of the ones like, you know, NFL touchdown or RG touchdown turned on where you get the automatic update. But those are usually behind the stream. But people that are getting the stream faster than me, they're like, oh, my God, this just happened. Now I'm about to watch it. I hate that. So I just turn the phone upside down and get closer to it during the sweat at the end. I had to use uh, my cable company to not carry the red zone. So I had to buy Slingbox. 
and Slingbox yeah. is like 30 seconds or a minute behind or whatever. And Hate the it. world's smallest violin is playing for us. Like there are much worse things. Of course, yeah. And like you know, these things being spoiled for us. But yeah, it does ruin the experience. If you're on Twitter, it's like, oh, there's a touchdown. Oh, and there's the touchdown. And it's, Hate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the, the little tilts. And it, that for baseball as well, too. Like you see a home run, uh, you know, on Twitter. And my baseball stream is always behind as well. I'm watching online like 30 seconds or a minute or so. Now I just want some baseball or just want some sports. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not grinding out the, uh, the marbles or. <laughs> yeah. We'll is... get you on the golf, Dean. We'll get you on the golf. I, so I will fire at tickets. Like I'll, I'll, I'll try to get a ticket at anything, a quarter, 50 cents, a dollar. I'll yep. buy tickets to anything. And then I, I, I must have like 15 tickets on layaway for something. And, you know, what, what do we have coming up in a couple of weeks? What, what's the contest? I know it's a million maker. Yeah. So $20 million maker, pretty standard, large field, top heavy million bucks up top. I think it's 150 or hundred to second. I got to double check that, but then um, they got a 555 as well, which is pretty nice. It's about just over 2000 people, much more balanced structure, still a quarter mil up top. So uh, it's all they've shown us so far, but it looks like it's going to be pretty good. And then the good news is like with the way the foreseeable future looks, it looks like there's going to be possibly even more Millie makers after that. They'll just keep running them because golf has become so popular and, you know, hence the needing the content, want to do new content on Roto Grinders. It's going to be big for us with, you know, myself, Noto, Cards, uh, Drew Matthews is on there, a bunch of other guys that are filling in on conviction plays, value plays, et cetera. So uh, really looking forward to it. And I think that's going to be big for the next few weeks, especially in golf. You were third in an NFL million maker. You were uh, three top 20s as far as PGA. How close did you get? Did you ever start dreaming? Like, was this down to the wire? Were you, did you close strong or did you kind of falter? Two, two of them were really close. The NFL one, obviously finishing in third was like the ultimate scenario because um, I had, everyone had just uh, Jimmy Graham and I had him paired with Russell Wilson. So couldn't ask for a more in the, in the top five or whatever. And, you know, couldn't ask for a more dream experience. I'm sitting in third. They get one more drive. It worked out that they get one more drive. Like this is the best case scenario. Uh, Jimmy Graham dropped like a 10 yard pass that was worth an extra 60,000 because third ended up being 40. Uh, second was a hundred. It was really top eight. First was a hundred or first was a million, obviously. And so he dropped that pass. I was pissed about that, but you know, your heart jumps because that was for a lot of money. And then they had a hail Mary at the end and it was actually dialed. Like they were definitely close enough to get it. It was, it was all day. They had it and it was going right to Jimmy Graham and you can't make this up. You can go back and watch the game. If you check the date, it was against the Redskins. Go watch the last scene. It's crazy. And it went through Jimmy Graham's hands, which Uh. was like the million dollars. And then it went into the Redskins. I forget who the cornerback was at the time or who was there. It wasn't might not even been their cornerback. It was it went interception into his arms, which is going to cost me because that's the downside of having Russell Wilson, that it's going to cost me fifteen thousand and drop me to twenty five K for four. <laughs> and as he's falling to the ground, he drops it and it falls out. And I'm almost like relieved at that point because you saw a million, you saw forty, and then you saw or saw fifteen or sorry, 25 down 15. And then you saw the 40. So long winded, but yeah, in the end, it was actually a quite a good sweat right to the end. And it was really close. You see that in real time, it's slowed down. Like uh, the money is oh, like being debits and credits are going real quick. And uh... you don't get a feeling like that though. Like your heart is actually for me, it was up top. Like it felt higher in my, like you could just feel it. And you're like, it's about to happen. It could happen. And you just had the sweat of the hundred K if he just catches that ball and falls to the ground, the previous play. And then uh-huh. they have to go to the hail Mary and it happens to be to him in the zone. I'm like, Oh my gosh, here we go. And it just didn't, it didn't pan out. So lots of crazy things happen when you play this for a long time, obviously. And you were talking about before how it's just funny how our brains work. Uh, we're more apt to remember the times we got, like we blew it or we just lost as opposed to the times where, you know, it's like you remember the, the photo finishes you lose, the ones you win, you kind of forget for whatever reason. But 
Yeah. Uh, take me through that emotional struggle. I don't the struggle is not the right word, but uh, when you win, what, what, what did you end up winning here? 25,000, you said? And that when I won 40,000, um, so, my biggest win was, was a hundred thousand and I got first and third. So it was actually 120 in the PGA dog. Like that was a crazy story too, for a win. If you want to have that. We'll get that in a second, but I'm just curious when you, win, okay. When you, you have the life is about, about expectations, right. And you were really well positioned to potentially get that million maker. Uh, and then all of a sudden when you win 40 K it's a sort of weird feeling where you're like, you're almost kind of sort of somewhat disappointed. You won 40 K and like, you know, in theory, you should be able to step back and just say, this was a very successful week and I'm, I'm grateful, I am thankful. But at the same time, you're like, well, and I talked to Hedgehopper about this too, because he should have, uh, you, you played out a hundred times, he should have won a million maker there at the end, 99, 98, 98 times out of, out of 100. It just didn't work out for him uh, that one time. But uh, like, what, how do you have the best, what's your perspective on that? When you win the 40K, well, you probably could have short of one more. I think it comes with time and your where you're at in sort of your you want to call it your semi-professional or whatever you know, I play you know I consider it semi-pro you want to consider where you are in that because like head chopper said and like what I'll say is I was at a spot where I knew that could happen so well yes it sucks and like it's world's smallest violin it, it would have been life-changing versus that but you just got to keep grinding use that as the motivation look at look at it like you said be grateful you still got third you still got 40,000 how many people could do with 40 grand right now and there's more opportunities ahead but, you know, I've, I've had times where, you know, in my early stages where I thought I was basically winning like 250K and my guy gets injured and, or like mm. that live final experience where you think your life is over because it's like, you know, that was everything. That was going to be my life changing moment, my ability to move forward and do what I want to do full time and, and get involved in this. And you just got to be patient. Look where I'm at now. Look with Head Chopper's story, you know, a guy I truly respect who last year went on to win the Millie, even had to sweat that out in overtime and it could have went the wrong way again. It just could have. And he knows that going in, but it depends on where you're at and, and how many times it takes to get there. And you just got to keep grinding away and get back to it. Give me the, uh, the $100,000 golf story. Yeah. I only bring that up because that was, a, you were talking about craziest, you know, chance of a win. That was my craziest big win. And that was a little bit crazier story since it was my daughter's birthday or first birthday. And I'm having to leave the birthday <laughs> to live sweat this. So that was a touchy situation. I made sure I was available <laughs> most of the case, but at one point I just had to say to my wife, like, you know, come on, baby, can I just, I got to look, I got to see this happen because I don't want to, not that I'm going to jinx it or I'm superstitious, but I felt like this is huge. And it just started going bad. The minute I went down for like a final two holes and it went really bad on 16 or final three holes, 16 and 17. And then basically it came down to 18 and it was at the Houston open. I needed Ian Poulter to drain like an 18 foot putt to even have a chance. Cause if he drains this putt, it forces a playoff where I then need to win in the playoff. And he makes the 18 foot putt pounds his chest it's a chance it's the week where if he makes it he gets to go to the masters because they screwed up point scoring for him so he needed this win he ends up getting into the playoff and winning it on the first hole and that got me first and third uh and it was amazing right it was 120,000 is my biggest win ever it was a, a great week speaking to E Hafner earlier again get another guy can't not respect the guy. he's an amazing player truly respect him and I, I ed- ended up edging him out so it was kind of like that follow-up you know you talk about things going full circle that was another yeah. one just another thing to be like again it's not me versus him it's just like you want to win he wants to win it's just cool to have it come back around where it's like this time i got the best and, and i got it in good and i ended up taking down first and third and it was a huge win huge change for myself my family everything going on with us so it was awesome at the time yeah uh talking to dfs guys uh they, they always seem to get a case of uh, ibs so just sneaking off to the bathroom <laughs> as, yeah. as much as possible to change lineups 
the check line honesty is the best policy you got to go with that just be honest look there's a lot on the line we got to check it out and that comes with that good support system like i say you want to get that put in place first uh again uh, just a few minutes we're going to give that uh, we're going to tell you what's going on as far as the the promotion for the podcast the fantasy golf degenerates before we step aside and get out of here we tease the top we'll make sure to say it before we leave i did want to get some of your favorites you mentioned the uh, you mentioned rounders that's an amazing movie is that one of your favorites is there is there another one that's kind of your go-to yeah, the, those like that, um, Scarface, Karate Kid, sort of like uh, underdog <laughs> stories and ones where like guys have something to prove. I know, you know, Scarface a little off the wall, but a little bit too aggressive maybe. But, you know, just I, I like them for whatever reason. They're those movies that when they come on, you just sort of got to devote the time and put it aside and put, and put the movie on and watch it. So, um, you know, Rounders is again, like to me, it's just because it's a lot to do with, you know, like if you look at daily fantasy, fantasy sports, betting, things like that. So anyone who grinds heavy all the time, it's part of the game, right? You got to be able to grind it out and, get to the next level karate kid sort of the you know why am i doing wiping down the car wax on wax off what's that got to do with karate it does not it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with it but it's part of the process making some progress with what you're doing and then getting to that next step and then being able to see the success come from all the work you put in in the background so i think it does you know those type of movies and then scarface the up-and-comer story come from nothing can be something it all relates to sort of my passion in dfs and sports betting in the industry that we're in you mentioned the wax on, wax off. I wasn't sure if you meant the Daniel LaRusso Karate Kid or the one that Will Smith's kid was starring in. No, of course it was no a love. <laughs> like Karate Kid 3 barely gets love. One and two are on the chart. One being my favorite. Two still being pretty good with the ice chopping, the ice block chopping scene when he puts that's That's mainly because there's betting involved. And Mr. Yeah. Miyagi comes in with the boss, you know, a little money on the table. I'm, I'm He's going to do it for this much. And it's going to be extra bricks. I like those types of situations and stories. So those two hit home the most, but you know Jalen Smith or whatever that gets no love and Karate Kid 3 was just a money grab they've even admitted it so uh, I'm good with the first two and, and you know what we completely neglected the next Karate Kid which nobody saw but it starred uh, Hillary Swank who won on the winning uh, two Oscars who, I who do saw that coming? now yeah yeah <laughs> nobody saw the next Karate no, Kid no nobody saw that just sort of popped in my head for whatever reason you mentioned uh, your favorite athlete I used to I was I always like to ask somebody's favorite athlete as a child as an adult uh it was Kobe I guess that's your Kobe. go-to yeah, yeah, big time. You know, the the killer mentality. I wasn't really in the Jordan era. Like, getting to watch The Last Dance recently was incredible for me because, you know, you always knew about it, but I was born after, you know, some of the stuff. Like, when he was coming to the league is sort of when I was born. So, it's like you're trying to catch up as much as possible, and I've always been a fan, and you could dig back, which I've done, but you got to sort of, you know, to get fully immersed in the 10-part docuseries, which all sports bias aside, I think was one of the best docuseries I've ever seen, just the way it was done so well and all the stories and the amount of interviews of strong people and just being able to get the real story and i know some people say there's you know it's a story for another day of some of them are fake stories and is it the flu game the the hangover game whatever whatever (laughs) but you know and he now says the food poisoning game i guess but it doesn't matter it's just cool to see the greatness and kobe to me was a prime example and kobe said it in one of those episodes where like you're not trying to be necessarily the next him you are involved because of them so even you know playing dfs and relating it back you're looking at these guys, the head choppers and the guy, you know, the CSU Rams, all these guys back in the day that were playing to get the thing going and kicking it up. And the fact they're still doing it is awesome. But, you know, you're sort of striving to be at that level. And, you know, I want to be that person with somebody else. If I can help one person, you know, change their life and make it better. That's what I want to do, really. That's that's truly what I love to do. Yeah, ESPN, that 30 for 30 team. I know ESPN gets a lot of uh, critiques for certain things they do. And, you know, uh, yeah, uh, uh, their first and ten or whatever, but they they do an amazing job of their thirty for thirty series. Uh, thirty for thirty series, and yeah, uh, Horace Grant wasn't pleased with the way that turned out. He was uh, sure. he took umbrage, and 
Jordan's company was involved with that in some way. And of course, you know, obviously there's a lot of questions. Like we but, said, there's always going to be haters. Yeah. You got to have, and it is what it is. Whether it's true, false, right, right wrong, or indifferent, it's fine. It's always going to be out there. But bottom line, it was a solid product and I would watch again. It's it was excellent. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and if nothing else, the, the gifts he's given us, like the gifts and the memes that Jordan has given to the, the, the uh, internet community. And why I, I said this before on this podcast, and I just want to watch a channel of Jordan just watching TV, like watching things on his iPad. That's what I want to watch. Oh yeah. The, the scene of him with the head phones just bobbing and weaving and they put it to every song now like that's you can watch every single one of those there's an account and they just keep putting different songs to it and they all line up it's amazing do you have a, a favorite live sports moment in attendance or you're mostly um, at the bar at home watching the game I, I can't i mean the live moments are the ones i won money on but i get being yeah. those weren't live in person but my, my best live sports experience was uh i would say there's two one is the Waste Management Phoenix Open, just being there on 17. We've gone a couple times. That's incredible. But my best one is the Super Bowl. I went to uh, the Patriots versus the Seahawks, the classic. Should have ran the ball with Lynch. Oh. Interception. I was in the building for that one down in Arizona with my uncle. Uh, he actually joked about it at the wedding. Back to that putting story, to tie it full circle. He said, if I miss this putt, I'll buy you tickets to the Super Bowl. Because he lives in Arizona. Oh, wow. He has a place down there. He wanted. To, he was going regardless because it, he, he's like 55 and had never been to a Super Bowl. And it worked out too, because he's actually a lifelong Patriots fan, which not that crazy to see the Patriots then in a Super Bowl, but he didn't know he was going to go regardless. And he ended up missing the putt, maybe on purpose, just to help us out as a wedding <laughs> gift. But he gifted the ticket, took care of us. We stayed at their place. The wife came down. Everyone was good. We went. The lady stayed home. Him and I went. And he almost had a heart attack twice. I had to put him on uh, patrol there for a little bit. He wasn't even drinking because he was so worried and nervous at the end. And when they got the win, he was just going crazy. So it's like a kid again to see you funny. You're a Baltimore fan. What side are you on? Or did you just wait? You, you make it interesting with a wager or what? I actually hated both sides because I can't stand either of those teams, but it was definitely <laughs> much more painful witnessing how many Seahawks fans, I, you know, I'll offend some people here. I apologize, but I just find it's like, so bandwagon. I don't know. I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Just to me, it was like, no, there was so many of say, them. Man. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, it was just brutal. <laughs> they're they're, they're, fans. Me, yeah. They're, they're not the, they're not my favorite fans. So what it came down to was that, and they were, you know, there were some good guys around us. We had a good time and there was guys from Boston right beside us. And there was a dude in front of us that had a home and away Seahawks Jersey that he was changing as they go on offense and defense. <laughs> and I, I said, you know, you better flip around because they're, they're, the game's over. They're on defense now, buddy, the game's over. So I was kind of happy for my uncle. I was cheering for him just as he bought me the tickets. I've never been to a live golf, uh, a live golf tournament. What's that like? Been to a couple now, uh, you know, only really have two opinions on it. One is really off the wall being at the Phoenix Open with how, you know, party atmosphere and wild, you know, sort of like Happy Gilmore style out there. It's a lot of fun. I only really recommend you need to go once because you'll get the feel for it. But uh, the Honda Classic I went to last this past year was just incredible. The crew that went down, a lot of the DFS industry was down there for from the golf side of things. They had the DFS Golf Open. It was an incredible time. And that tournament is just amazing. It's more like a... I don't want to say major like atmosphere, but it's much tighter with the scoring comes down to the wire and, and it didn't disappoint. Again, it came right down to the very end. Sung J M got the win. My partner, Kenny Kim with the fantasy golf degenerates um, podcast, he's Korean. And so he was cheering. He was speaking to Sung J M in Korean. It was just, and he was acknowledging us and it was just incredible to be there for it all. And then see him to get the win in the end was awesome. I was uh, taking a peek at your Twitter before we, uh, we went live here and, I believe you tell me is that you uh, you and your wife dressing up as Carol Baskin and Joe Exotic? No, that no, was- that's actually the Ropers. That's the uh, again we don't I don't want to cross that line, but that that's oh. them <laughs> on their Instagram post. And I said life must be good, right? They're they're having a good time now. So that wasn't you. Oh, 
<laughs> I no. did a really quick peek. In my I'm not head. a big dress-up guy. I'm not a, a costume theme guy, Dean. That's not me. <laughs> Halloween's is Halloween not big in Canada? Is that not a thing up there? It's big for my daughter. It's good. I'll dress her up, but you know, and I, if she wants me to dress up, I will. But that's sort of keep it in, keep it inside the household. Is there, is there anything we've uh, binge watched uh, in the last few months that we we can recommend? I don't. I like Ozark, so I crushed it out when it came out again. The the new season. I, I like uh, you know seeing that sort of role for for him and, and you can see like it's a little bit darker so i kind of like that sure. in the background of it and then like i said with the the last dance was good not not a lot of other shows i'm into i, I really miss live sports that's really what it comes down to around the corner hopefully soon enough oh we had this take on twitter this might be a hot take uh you're talking about the nfl draft being full of wide receiver hype and you're saying the best teams and there might be some slant in here because you like the ravens now we know that the best, and also, by the way, you're putting Andrews in the same conversation as Kelsey and Kittle. Come on, I know Andrews is good, but you're basically saying that wide receivers don't matter. I don't know if you're joking or not. No, I'm jo- I'm joking, but it's more <laughs> of a just a play on like it's just what it, they always do get all the hype and the funny. It was just funny to me that you know that you've got those teams like the Chiefs and the Ravens, all that, that where their tight ends have huge years and that pays off. I mean, Kittle and Kelsey are the best too. Like I said, put Andrews in there just because he had a great year. And obviously I'm a Ravens homer. I don't think that's going to continue. And he's got injury uh, possibility and proneness. But I think that when you look at that, it is a big decision and it does matter. And, and it sort of pans out. I'm not saying tight ends matter, but it, it has mattered. And it's very small sample size, but it's funny the way it works and it can pay off. Yeah. And uh, Andrews is so tilting because I like to look at like snap count and just routes run and things like that. And I'm he's sure you know, He's never, they have like 19 different tight ends. They got rid of Hurst though, right? Isn't Hurst gone? Yeah. They, and they, yeah. And they've toned it down. And like you say, but it was funny last season. Cause you're right. You'd look at it and he'd have like 20% of the snap count or something, but he'd be catching like eight for 108 and two touchdowns. I, uh, I much appreciate your time. We have about, about an hour or so. Uh, I'm glad everybody stuck around and listened to this and uh, do want to mention, I'm going to, I'll give it to you actually. Tell us what the, the promotion you have going on with your podcast. Yeah, so Kenny and I will have the, the podcast moved across. You guys will see that. We'll, we'll tweet it out, everything like that. But uh, DraftKings has so graciously given us a 555 ticket that I mentioned earlier. That, you know, the great field, great payout structure, something that not everybody's bankroll will allow, and I understand that. So it's cool to be able to give away a ticket to that. We're going to have a very simple contest. It's going to be a retweet follow, basic as it can get. Put it out there. Spread the word that we're now with the Roto Grinders Podcast Network. Bringing the, the pot across. Follow myself and Kenny for the announcement, and we'll pick a random winner. Uh, after we do our colonial podcast where we do our normal breakdowns, his cash game cornerstones, my pivots for the tournaments, all that sort of thing. Uh, and then we'll give it away and have it into the account by Tuesday. So people have full time to get it ready for the Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is to um, get the tournament kicked off that week. Sounds like good times. Uh, Tyler, I much appreciate your time. Uh, you've impressed me. This was good. I, 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 uh, I can't wait to check out your content. I do dabble in the golf streets. Whenever I win tickets, I, all I do is I check out the expert survey. I read Noto's column. I read cards and stuff. And now, now I'm going to read your stuff. So it's been good times for sure. Uh, much appreciated. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Ano. Welcome to the RG family. That is Tyler Tambaline, also known as Toe, Tag, and Tambo. That's a lot of T's. I was Dean. Thanks for listening. This was the Morning Grind. We're out of here.